Today is Thursday, August 24th. We are doing an elite member meeting, which means we are reviewing film from our elite members on bitteratbeach.com and answering questions. Travis was the first one to call in. Everybody else, please call in. We're going to do it as a group again. So as soon as you call in, we will let you in. And Travis, what's been going on since two days ago? Um, since two days ago, I've been bending a minor uh, groin pull um, nice. from uh, the weekend play. Um, but I was really proud of myself. I pulled myself out very early in, uh, in our last match. I think we were two points in. And I felt it. I felt the pull. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to pull out. And I got a lot of respect from all the other players, which was, yeah, just the, the right sort of energy group to be a part of. So I was happy with that. Uh, and that's coming along well. Um, I have had this weird stomach something. Um, a roommate made some oatmeal and might have been using some um, cranberries that had gone moldy. Um, so, yeah, stomach is it was not great yesterday. It's a little bit better today. Um, and I've got a grass leagues, uh, threes finals tonight. So Ooh. yeah, hoping to play well on that one. Um, and then I just, uh, I put in some footage, um, looking at my blocking, my blocking and peeling is the, the section I was hoping to look at today. Okay. If I spur, Travis, can I just say, while he's looking that up, I'm loving your consistency. Like you've been on every single call. I, I think there was a season where, I think you got busy maybe with travel or something like that, but I've enjoyed getting to see you every week at least twice. So uh, keep it up, man. This is Absolutely. Yeah. It's great to be, yeah. Great to have both of you guys on, on the calls here and really? seeing so much information. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Dang. So Grassley, I got, I actually got invited to play grass tonight and I was like, I don't know if my body can handle that. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Man. I feel like an old man right now, Mark. Yeah, feel, you wait till you're I my age, old. son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Grass. Good old grass. Okay. So, Travis, we are looking at your blocking and peeling. But let's let's talk about a little bit first what we talked about last time. So you didn't have the opportunity to play then um, to fix I, that, that spacing no. that we talked about last time, huh? Yeah, I, I joined like a very social, like birthday party, six aside, uh, grass, uh, just a casual hit yesterday. Um, so yeah, didn't have that same sort of opportunity to work on like the preparedness on the, on the onto sort of thing. Okay. Um, and yeah, guys, uh, Travis is accepting donations so that he could get the paid version of Wonder <laughs> so that he can get this stupid logo off of <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah hit the patreon for, for travis <laughs> go ahead and drop your venmo travis yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess that ball time app that i haven't looked into that one but i heard that one does all the editing for you right uh yeah oh, we got introduced to that early and i think it's doing a good job so for everybody who's looking to edit their own videos or like get volleyball videos check out ball time i mean for the six to ten bucks whatever it would be per month if you're looking at your own film completely worth it because it cuts mm. out the dead time between plays all right so this is you blocking here right yeah right. i think there's only like one or two clips that might have snuck in there that wasn't about blocking but yeah it should all be me blocking okay okay uh number one uh, I'll, I'll be tough on you. All of late these are, you're really late. Yeah. So you're seeing the person in mid approach and then you're like, okay, how do I get in front of him? As soon as somebody passes, 
you have to make sure that the the, the person who is on to is not a threat, right? Um, and you can do that by being within an arm's distance of them and having your hands high and a little quarter squat just so that you could immediately jump up. The problem with uh, people blocking on two right now is they're, they haven't trained or they're not thinking mentally the way we think in indoor where you're sitting in a quarter squat when a setter is about to set and you have to defend the middle attacker and you have to defend the outside attacker. So your jump has to go immediately up and a lot of people sink and then go up, right? So hands should be at, at about face height or even a little bit higher and your legs should be loaded so that there is no downward motion for you to jump up. And this is why box squats have some pretty good importance. This is why hang cleans, um, not the full one from the ground, but just from the top of your knee or your patella to immediately explode up. That's why those have importance. Um, And we should be very good at, you won't get your max jump, but you'll get above. And so you should be in that quarter squat for the on two attack. But we're not talking about that with you yet, Travis. That's just a side note for everybody. Once you know that the other person is not a threat, you immediately line up your block. And in order to do that, you have to look at the player. I see you're looking a decent amount at the ball in these clips. But you have to look at the player and say, where are their toes facing? Where is their body and hips facing? And then you draw a line from that and you put yourself there immediately. Because wherever they're facing, if they're a even semi-quality team, that's where the setter will be aiming. So you've put yourself in the position where the setter's going to aim and where that person's intending on traveling. Once you're there, now you only have little micro steps to make your adjustment instead of okay, now I have to like make a big move to get in front of them. So Logan talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You have to act as if it were in basketball, if, if you know this reference, and you're taking a charge, which means that you're trying to get in front of where that person is going so that they run right into the middle of your chest. And if you can do that before their first step of their approach, that should be your goal. Okay. And regardless of line block, cross block, you'll still have that central starting position? Yes. Um, And I'll tell you why. We don't want to let somebody know that we're blocking line or cross until the absolute last second. Right? Uh, If I take four steps knowing that you're blocking line, I'm going to go up there with all my jump, all my might, full confidence that cross is open so I can swing at 100% cross. Um undeterred right same thing line if you just say that you're blocking cross um i'm gonna be like okay lines wide open lines wide open and if that's your version of cross where you've cleared out of my line path i'm just going to detonate without even being concerned about you so whenever we talk about blocking one hand is responsible for your uh for the sign that you gave the other hand is responsible for a large chunk of the other one. Does that make sense? So like when I'm blocking line, if I'm closer to, so let's put yourself in my body, right? I'm looking at the net. 
on my right hand, so their left side, on my right hand is my sideline. My right hand, if I'm blocking line, is going to be defending up to the buckle, the back corner of the court. That's where my right hand is, okay? And ideally, your hands should be just outside shoulder width. Then your left hand, if you don't know what's going on or they hid their approach very well, your left hand takes as much cross as possible while still being over the net. That means that your defender now has a very small sliver of cross that they have to defend. Instead of two hands definitely protecting line, now my defender has to cover middle, generic cross, and sharp cross. Okay, so you haven't really affected the play because basically you just left an open net for your defender, and that's three-quarters of that court. So for those blockers out there, one hand should take up what you're trying to block, and the other one should be free to move, free to adjust. If they give something away, then bring that other hand over. So, like, if I'm blocking line with my right hand and I go, oh, this guy's definitely swinging line, and we worked on this a little bit with Logan, uh, I said, okay, bring that other hand there because you saw it, you know where he's trying to go, so now defend it. But if they're hiding it well, then you just have to go for a big percentage block and then take up right hand takes up to the corner buckle left hand pushes somewhere um, into the middle of the corridor as much cross as possible so long as you're still on the other side and above the net okay um, and in cross there's very different versions of cross cross you could say all right my left hand is going to take up to the the middle of the court like the back middle this is one version of cross travis so i don't know if it's worth writing down but you can um and then my right hand takes sharp cross or if this person is has been all of their cross balls that they've been hitting all their diagonal attacks then you say all right my right hand is going to take up to half court on the right side or up to half court in the diagonal and then my left might take the generic angle so that means that the seam or the middle of the court would be wide open for that hitter. That's if you're getting a read that whoever's attacking diagonal, what version of diagonal are they attacking? Because when we play Tri, Triborn, his version of diagonal is pinging that half-court sideline, right? He gets up and he goes sharp there. And I said, all right, well, we can't leave our defense there. And if we do block him cross, if you only block up to his seam, you're not going to touch him. So there's no point, right? Mm-hmm. Against try, you got to go extra wide, and hopefully, no incense in this podcast. Well, uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh, but then you know he he also taught us a lesson uh, when we made a couple of adjustments and Hagen started getting some digs. Try changed, and then he went to high deep generic cross, and we were nowhere to be found. Right, so he made that adjustment, and you have to know as a player throughout that match what is their cross swing actually landing. Okay, now I make my micro adjustments to my cross block or my defense. What is their line swing actually landing? Then I have to know because if when they swing line, they never put it on the sideline, you never have to block up to the sideline. You know, so that's why we're always, as defenders, as blockers, we're always collecting stats and we're saying, okay, where did their line swing land? Does their high line fall at half court or does it fall at deep court? Because if they hit a high line... Should I be running towards half court or should I be running towards the corner based on which player I'm playing against? There's a lot of players that just drop it right behind the blocker 
And so then if you're running deep when you're running a four as a defender, sorry if I'm getting too advanced for everybody, but if we're trying to bait them and we're running there, now we got to run at half court instead of running at the back of the court. Right? So you have to know what where their different shots land because a high line is not just a high line. A high line could be counter flow. It could be right behind the blocker. It could be a slime line where they try to go low on you, in which case maybe we get the blocker to take that. Or they could be trying to hit that back corner and that's where that defender should pursue, right? That back corner, we're really probably not going to get a peel dig from our blocker, so that that ball should probably be up to the defender or bait. That was a lot of a lot yeah. of info. So and do actually, you want me to break any of that down? <laughs> uh, well, actually, yeah. I feel like I'm at a point in my game where I'm more so concentrated on what I'm doing. I have heard you guys talk a lot about really reading what the offense is doing and like adapting your game into that. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's, I'm, I'm having that challenge of having those two minds figuring out what I'm doing, but then also reading and basically recording what those opponents are doing and adjusting to that. Um, do you have any recommendations on that aspect? Yeah, I'd say technical fixes are for your practice. And when it's time to play, you find those weaknesses, you exploit them, you've built whatever weaponry you're going to use during that war, right? Like, when you're in battle, it's not the time for you to sharpen your sword, right? It's time for you to swing that thing. Yeah. Um, so for, and that was the same podcast that uh, I think we just released today, we are talking about uh, players' advice for AVP players that everyone can use. It's episode number 87, if you guys want to hear it. But we talk about not making technical fixes during matches. That is for practice and whatever you show up to with on tournament day. That's what you got. So now it's time to figure out how to use whatever in your body, how to win. And, and get out of your own head of what I have to do technically and instead what I need to do strategically. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, one other question, um, reading if a hitter is swinging or shooting, um, I think I've got a better idea, especially if that elbow comes up in front, I know it's a lot more likely to be a, a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, as a blocker, when you see, when you have a shooter, you're better off delaying that a little bit longer so that you can be up there. Is that correct? Maybe. So in general, people release their shots later and it hits their it comes off their hand slower than a swing would so then there's two opportunities where we should say wait right because they hang and then go slow so that's the first one and then when they hit the ball comes off slower so in order to meet us in time yeah we should be waiting on the ground longer but waiting and swatting if you know somebody's shooting if you know they're shooting okay this is a very good time to peel. We should really peel because when you jump, you are stuck in the air. And there's only that small little shaded area behind you where you might touch balls, right? But if you're only getting, you know, your the, the last wrinkle in your wrist, if you're only getting that high above the net, you're really not slowing this ball down enough for your partner to chase effectively. Okay, you have to slow things down in order to be that swap blocker. That's so why Logan can be one of those guys. He's 6'9", so when he, 
He's reaching above the top of the antenna. That's how high somebody has to shoot. So now he's given me three, three and a half feet of extra space to chase down a ball when he's my blocker. If you're only giving me four to six inches of extra height to chase down the ball, uh, it's still not enough for me to be super fast. So I need you to help me as a blocker. I need you to peel, be on the ground, and then you can be agile. So... Yes, we wait. Um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. How do I exit out of this nonsense? Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, does that, does that answer? We should wait. Okay. We should try to reach high if we're massive. Right? But more if you're not massive and you're not reaching the top of the antenna or maybe three quarters of the way up. Then you delay, 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 and then backpedal with your hands up. Right? We like the backpedal in general against somebody who can hit hard, who can detonate, but they choose to shoot. If you know that they can't hit hard, you know, they, they can never hit a ball harder than you could react to, and you're not intimidated by them when they swing hard, uh, then you can use that crossover plant plant really early. And you can just play double down defense on them. So you have to look at the opponent you're playing against. Are they capable of hitting hard? If they're capable, but they like to shoot, then we do a late backpedal peel. Okay. If they're not capable of detonating, then we can use that crossover plant plant um, way earlier. So we're just there to protect the overset, and then you can get out of there as soon as you know the overset's not happening. And if they can't detonate... Um... Do you bother being up there as a blocker to begin with at all, or do you just run double defense? Right. Uh, a ten to thirteen foot net protector surfer position. Cool. So, the the more the other team cannot hit, you still you're still aware, so you still kind of like lean forward as if you have to sprint to the net, but you do that from ten to thirteen feet because that's plenty of space for you to play in on two ball. I don't like just straight. Uh, double down defense because nobody's responsible for the overset mentally so then we lose a lot of points there and you could be just one backpedal step away from your defensive position if you just lean forward with one foot on half court line and then okay overset's not coming backpedal one step and now you're in regular defense I like that another thing I like to think about too Travis is I'm a big big advocate for what are you communicating with your partner? So not just like your signs, but also your body positioning. Because as a, as as I think about blocking, I think of it from a defender standpoint, where if I'm seeing my blocker is moving a little late to front the hitter, then I start to doubt, oh shoot, do I remember my call? Or, oh goodness, like, is he doing something different and taking a different part of the the court than expected and then it makes me hesitate to make my moves as well and so as a as a defender as i'm watching my block i want to be very sure that he and i are on the same page mm-hmm. so that earlier that i can see that you are doing what you are communicating that you're going to do uh, with your sign the better for me as a defender to be able to be like okay he's doing exactly what he's supposed to i'm going to make the moves too so uh, it just gives the defender more freedom whenever you're you're sticking to bodying the 
the attacker and then using that one hand to stick to the call and then the other one as kind of a roamer, like a reader slash roamer um, to reach a little bit more aggressively into the, the opposite call as well or like taking the scene, whatever that may be, whatever you and your partner decide. But just that's a great question to ask yourself is what is what is my body language communicating as I'm blocking to my defender? Do they know that the call that we decided to call is going to happen? And if they don't, then they're super hesitant to make any sort of defensive moves. So I think it just gives your your defender the freedom to be able to move and move confidently to the position that he's supposed to do because he sees you communicating with your body what you're going to do with him. So uh, just I, I think that's a great question to always consider, uh, whether that be blocking or setting or passing. Like, whenever you're setting, I, th- I always think about DJ. Whenever setting comes up, dude, he's such a good setter. I was just talking about it yesterday. Every single time he goes to set, his whole body from his feet to his head are communicating exactly where that set is going. And I think that's a huge piece of setting and just skills in general in beach volleyball that goes unnoticed too often. Because whenever I think about sets, his sets are the easiest to hit from anyone that I've ever played with. And it's it's just easy to read where he's going with it. So same thing with blocking. Like, how can you be the most communicative blocker with your defender? I think that's a great uh, question to ask yourself each time you're going into a game blocking. And that has one last spin-off question, if, if I've got time for it. Um, what to do as a blocker when they're coming down straight in the middle? The the set is a little off or the pass is a little off, and so that attack lane is now coming right directly through the middle, and you've called either a, a line or a, a cross block. How do you, yeah. What, how do you Rewind the tape yourself? and listen to the different hands. Okay, yeah, right. so you still, so if I'm line blocking, I'm still putting that right hand on the, the line block. And then just trying to cover the rest with the left. Okay. Yep. That's it. Cool. Uh, yeah. Whether they're in the middle, and this is why I feel like people like get so worked up about how do I defend on two? On two is a spike. You have a play call for on three. You do the exact thing for on two. Like people are like, oh, do I hit in the sit in the middle? Maybe I do this. Maybe. No, you have a play. Um, we we use some code words. So our team used some code words to say whether you were blocking diagonal or right or left uh, for the on-two ball so that you could have that defensive setup. But most people don't make a play call for on-two, so then they get super flustered because they have no idea where they're supposed to be. So maybe your first sign to your partner is what you're going to do for on-three. And and. Bill Kolinsky was always kind of famous for this. He'd be shouting at the other net. He's like, hey, I got this on three and this on two. Right? Wow. And, like, of course, he'd shown it behind his back, but yeah. he's communicating with his guy. Um, other people use different versions of how to block on two, but if you don't have a plan for on two, of course it's going to be a mess. You have to put yourself in the same de- defensive position you would as you would for an on three attack, but both of you need to know what you're doing so give the play call so just say like hey uh, i got these and this on two 
that means that like I would be blocking the side that my open hand is, you know. So I'm showing for those who are listening on podcast, maybe I'm showing my second call is a, one of my hands is a fist, one of my hands is open hand behind my back, and my open hand represents the side that I'm blocking as a blocker. Okay, and we don't have to call it line or angle because all those rules are is really what side of the court you're blocking anyway. So we can always use open hand. And in wind conditions, I often use that. I don't even call line or cross. I'll just say which side I'm, which side of the court I'm blocking for the entire point. Because if you have side wind, there's one strong side and one good side, and we have to defend that consistently. Yeah, I think it's also important to communicate back sets too. Um, so like on two, on three, and then also like, hey, here on back. Uh, and so like, because as, as you start to play against like more people, uh, or like on a like Mark was talking about on a true good side of the court, rather, not not in a, not so much front to back, but side to side, uh, especially in California where there's always some sort of ocean breeze. So there's one side of each court or each side of the court that's that's not an easy side to attack from. So a lot of people on those specific sides will flow to the strand side rather than the ocean side. And so it's really important in those kind of environments to also communicate, what am I blocking if they go back? Uh, and, and that could even occur in a play where you see that their body's starting to shift to the other side of the court. Maybe it's a, I like to use butt taps, like with, but not with just one hand, like use both hands and then put like, just tap the side of the court that you're going to take. Like if I'm taking this side, I'm just going to tap like this, but still have the other one there. So, because some people, as like me, I'll I'll be watching that happen as I'm flowing. Like if I see somebody tap one side of their butt, I already know where they're blocking, and their hand didn't back there. Like I already got all the information I need. Yep. And so, at that point, I think it's important to to communicate as well. Like, hey, just want to make sure we're on the same page here. So I'm going to be over communicative with that within the play. Nice. Thanks a lot, guys. That's that's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, dude. Keep it up. Thanks. A lot of info to unpack there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that started off with <laughs> make sure you line up your body where the hitter is going. <laughs> Travis got it. He's good. Yeah. He so Travis, like, that's, that's uh, from, you know, just 20 seconds of video there. There's too much late movement. The late movement should be tiny little three-inch steps. Right, all of the work to get in front of that hitter should have been done way earlier. So you get there, and like if you freeze, if you hit a pause button on when the setter is setting, draw a mental line from that attacker's toe, and see if it lines up with the middle of your chest. And if that lines up, you're in a great position. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Thank you. Um, Plinio is asking if our Florida September 8th to 10th camp is still on. Plinio, uh, we didn't get enough signups for that, so we only had two signups uh, going into that weekend. So we converted it to a Sunday six-hour clinic. We still want to run something. Um, so Chad and Matt are going to be there, and that Sunday, September 10th, is going to be a six-hour beach volleyball fundamentals. Don't let that trick you doesn't necessarily mean it's only for beginners it means we are rocking on the fundamentals technique so passing setting attacking and a little bit of defensive positioning 
and as with any clinic, like we have, we've named things beginners clinics or fundamentals clinics, and we get double A players to show up. So then we just upgrade the level of the drill. Um, but if you want five hours of reps on the basics, which if you know any great athlete, it's just repping out the basics and being as great at the boring things as possible. Then you got those five hours. That's September 10th. Okay. Uh, that's a six hour clinic. Lunch is included. You get an optics ball, you get a shirt, you get a hat, you get a journal, lanyards, wristbands, magnets, stickers, a whole bunch of goodies. Uh, and that is at PCI in Florida postcard in St. Petersburg, Florida. Shout out. Join. Yeah. Oh, and Matt's got his leagues. Wednesday night leagues are coming this fall in St. Petersburg beach. Let's go. So uh, Wednesday night, guys, we're going to run some fours leagues on the beach at the postcard in uh, Wednesday evenings. So we will let you know when signups go there, but just start gathering your teams and gathering the people you want to play against. And we'll have a, we'll have a little fun Wednesday situation out there. Yeah. Sunsets at PCI. They're coming. Mm. (laughs) Um, And guys, we do have four coaches out there this weekend. So Matt, Chad, JM, JM Plummer, and Nolan. And Nolan, Nolan yeah. Abrecht, yeah. Um, that's a squad. Dude, that's a force team in itself it's right there. Team. It's a stout team. So we have 24 people signed up. So we've got a little bit of room. We added an extra coach just to make sure we had more. So we definitely have more than you know a one-to-six ratio. So if you want to get in there, you know, the whole shirt and swag situation, we already packed the bag, so we, we might have some extra stuff for you. But it's three days. It starts tomorrow. So if you're watching this live and you're anywhere near Florida or you can just grab a last-second flight, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, eight hours Friday, eight hours Saturday, and six hours on Sunday, um, that's a that's a big weekend. So check it out. See if, see if you want to head down there. But that's a was named a B and A uh, men's and women's camp and it covers everything super fast. So that's a lot of hours of volleyball, um, 22 hours of volleyball in three days. It's nice. Plus Virginia beach too, right? Oh, and Virginia beach. Yeah. If you're in, if you're in Virginia, yeah. If you're uh, south of the Mason Dixon line, <laughs> then head on over to Virginia beach. Brandon's got his uh, two hour clinic to tonight and yep. tomorrow. So hustle on over there. You better hurry. <laughs> Cool. Um, all right. So, easy day, and no extra film from any of the members. They uh, loved hearing from Travis, and <laughs> way to be prepared, Travis. Uh, but that's all we got from today's meeting. Unless anybody has any last-second questions, we are going to wrap it up. Remember, these shirts, if you're watching right now, I would say check at the end of the day if you want these polyester long sleeves. And uh, you can find them at betterbeach.com forward slash shop. And international people, I'm not sure how we're going to work it out, but I'm relying on some master to build all this stuff out for us, and hopefully he does a great job. And when he does, we will recommend the hell out of him uh, so that if you have a club or if you have a company, we'll... We'll rock and roll. Uh, but Ethan's already stepped up big for Manhattan Beach. So thank you, Ethan. Shout out to Ethan. Yeah, these are nice. I feel like it's a good fishing shirt, too. Maybe not the white one, the black one. I feel like the black one would be a good fishing shirt because then you don't get the fish blood on it, you know? That 
that forethought, Matt, is why we've got you on the team. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Conversations I was having at the bat pit. Mm, smart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are you a fisher? No, you want to go with the black. Let me <laughs> Don't do white. Don't do white. <laughs> All right. Uh, members. We will see you guys in the group. Thanks for stopping in and being a part of it. Travis, thanks for your film and for sharing and being open and uh, hustling. Hydrate like an animal so that that uh, groin has the opportunity to fix and make sure that you go overboard on protein because if you need muscle repair, uh, you need to have those amino acids and the protein in there so that your muscles have an excess of stuff. So that goes for anybody who's got injury, right? Anytime you're you're there with an injury, 100% no alcohol, 100% double down on the protein like at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight and i know we're talking pounds i think i'm not sure if you're in kilos uh travis but you can do the math on your own and (laughs) uh and make sure that you absolutely absolutely hydrate so that when you have the protein in your body now your bloodstream and everything actually brings it to your muscles easier and the hydration within your muscle fibers actually helps you heal quicker. So injuries, ultra hydration, zero alcohol because that ruins the protein synthesis and extra uh, extra protein and water. So. Travis, you're playing tonight, right? The final? In, yeah. Let's yeah. Go, dude. So you have, you have two people, it's triples or doubles? Yep, uh, co-ed triples for tonight. Nice. Are you hitting? Am I? I will have uh, our lady as the libero, uh, and then I'll be between setter or hitter. Bombs away, dude! Let's go. Bombs away. Bombs away. Scream over you! Don't <laughs> over you! Yeah. Plug, <laughs> yeah. yeah. dude! Excited to see some film from that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually filmed any from the grass. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll clear the camera. I'll try and I'll try and grab a little footage. From yeah, we'll definitely get defensive looks, um, blocking looks, and and approach looks. So, and setting looks. So it's it's all the same. Yeah, for those who get, so if you guys are listening and you think, oh, it's grass volleyball, like Better at Beach can't help with grass volleyball. Look who wins every grass tournament. It's a beach player. So like, this all applies. All this technique applies to grass and beach and our serve stuff, our arm swing, and our approach stuff for defense. Guys, even if you're an indoor player, jump on. I promise you, we will give you the value. Um, and just keep your ears, your ears open for it. And then just like, you know, Bruce Lee and John Hyden, you know, discard what's useless. Like, take in what's valuable. Discard what's useless. So, be there for you. And uh, best place for the footage, is that from behind again? Or do you guys prefer from the side? Back middle. That diagonal view sucks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Geez. From us at Better at Beach. We'll see you on the sand. Ciao.